Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we're continuing our series today on becoming a digitally resilient retailer. Our focus today is an intelligent future today. three special guests with me, the retail analyst experts, John Duke. John, you can wave for the camera. We have Dorothy Creamer. Welcome back, Dorothy. You're on segment number one and Jordan Spear. Welcome back. They're going to discuss the opportunities for retailers to adopt intelligent analytics across their organizations to improve decision-making and drive customer loyalty. That's what they want. And this is not as a bet placed on the future, but as an essential investment for an intelligent future today. That's why we're talking about this. So let's do brief introductions of my guests. John Duke, you're up. Please introduce yourself. Go ahead. Hi, yeah, John Duke. I'm uh, with IDC Retail Insights. I cover merchandising and marketing uh, with a focus particularly on AI and analytics. So uh, kind of right in the wheelhouse of what we're talking about today. That's perfect. What a nice introduction. Dorothy Kramer, introduce yourself, please. Welcome, Dorothy. Welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, I'm Dorothy Kramer. I'm the research manager for hospitality and travel digital transformation strategies at IDC. So I cover all of the digital um, components that are going into restaurants, hotels, airlines, uh, transit, uh, just to uh, see how we get people where they're going. And it's a fantastic industry that I've been a part of for a while now, but um, there's nobody more fun than the hospitality group. <laughs> Very exciting. As we emerge from the pandemic, hopefully your, your world must be expanding again. Thank you very much. And let's hear from Jordan Spear. Jordan, welcome back. Talk to me. Refresh us. What do you do? Hi, thank you. Uh, Jordan Spear. I cover global supply chains on the Retail Insights team as well. So I look at the planning and execution of the movement of goods, uh, a lot of things like order management, fulfillment. I, I look at sustainability a lot across all of that movement. Um, and so it's really nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Now, how this works is I've asked John Duke to send us a quote from a fictional character, and he picked a semi-fictional character, and, and that's an interesting multiple layer of background here. He's picked a quote from Larry David, who plays Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is from an episode called The Hero in Season 8. Anybody who's been hiding under a rock, Curb Your Enthusiasm, American comedy TV produced, TV series produced and broadcast by HBO since October 2000 and created by Larry David, who is co-creator also of Seinfeld. He stars as a fictionalized version of himself. And here's the quote. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Oh, my, John. What does this have to do with our topic? Regale us. John Duke, you're up. <laughs> yeah, I love this quote. This is uh, Larry David. He's at uh, he's at a dinner party and he's he's fed up with small talk. He hates it. It's meaningless and he wants to engage more deeply with uh, everybody else at the table. And and uh, this actually, I think, captures really well how I feel about retailers and their approach to analytics and AI today. I think the retailers have talked about making data-driven decisions for years, but mostly it's superficial. Um, certainly, there are some capabilities that are moving forward in different areas of retail analytics, but specifically, when I think about things like marketing and promotional activity, there's been very little movement toward intelligent analytics. It's lip service, it's small talk. 
Thank you very much. That very cleverly done, John. I must say, compliments <laughs> to you. Uh, now let's take a deep dive into our topic and let's focus not just on analytics, but the opportunities for an intelligent future today. That's a very commanding title to our segment episode today, our episode segment. So, John, take us through this, and then we will ask at, right after that we will ask Dorothy to comment. Dorothy, I'm going to challenge you to agree or disagree. Oh my, <laughs> with John, he told me it's okay. And then Jordan will get you to chime in last. So John, you're up, please go ahead. Yeah. So, so, you know, intelligent solutions in retail, there's, you know, a huge variety of use cases that, um, that are out there, uh, you know, pointed to different areas of the business. Um, you know, I taught, I touched on, uh, you know, specifically around, uh, you know, promotional activity, marketing activity. And that's really where I want to focus a little bit today. Cause I think, I think that's, a, that's a, an area that is just full of massive opportunity. That's, that's kind of going underutilized today. So when I think about promotional activity, marketing activity, it's, you know, I, I, I talk about it being overused and underanalyzed. They're some of the, some of the, some of the largest yet poorly understood and analyzed investments that a retailer makes. So other investments of similar size and priority, are far better understood, um, even when they have far less impact. Um, you think about planning the annual marketing calendar, deciding on promotional tactics, it's usually an exercise in assumptions. Marketers are offering choices from standard sets of tactics and, and uh, just kind of doing what they did last year. And because promotions are so widespread across SKUs and categories, so frequent across time, you know, retailers are opting for convenience and they're doing quick arithmetic and that's taking the place of in-depth analysis. And the result is that for most promotions, for most marketing activity, retailers don't have a real grasp of the, of the incremental impact um, of that activity. And, and by some accounts, 50 to 60% of a marketing budget is devoted to money losing promotions and investments that don't drive incremental benefits or just throwing dollars out the window. And personally, it drives me nuts, <laughs> but, um, but it's just wasted. It's wasted opportunity. And, and, and the challenge is that retailers are relying on analyses that, that really lack kind of breadth and depth to be accurate and, and, and they lack enough speed to provide meaningful value, right? Because they're doing so much activity so frequently, it, 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 it's nearly impossible for human users and, and human analysts to, to, to keep pace with the, with the, with the detail that, that, that they need to understand. Um, and, 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 and the opportunity is for kind of intelligent solutions, intelligent tools to enable retailers to conduct in-depth analysis around the, the full impact of promotional activity at scale for every single promotion. And those tools exist today. There are some retailers who have implemented those, but when they do, it can help them understand the full impact of promotions, not only the impact on that promoted SKU, but the impact on the category, on halo sales, on things like pull forward and pantry loading. You can understand promotions that are redeemed by customers who would have purchased otherwise. Lots of really exciting things that, that I personally kind of geek out on and get really, really excited about. Um, but beyond just understanding what a single promotion did, like the real challenge and where, where the intelligent aspect comes in, is understanding future promotions, right? So when you understand the impact of one promotion, you now have tools 
that can look backward in history and say, okay, well, what was common about the things that were successful, right? When we look at the full impact, what was common about the things that were successful? What are the opportunities for the things that weren't? And now we can give you, you know, a set of tactics rather than just kind of doing what we've always done and, and, and pulling from that same bucket of, of tricks that we did last year. Let's understand what actually will work um, in the future. And I can, and, and these tools can now t talk about, you know, what's the right depth of offer? Is it 20, 20% or is it more like 25% of the style of offer? Should we do a dollar off or a percentage off or a BOGO? Talk about the duration, the timing, and then you can use those to predict future outcomes. And then importantly, prescribe actions. And you can't do that without intelligence, without, without solutions that, that are, that are backed by uh, AI and, and, and ML um, to, 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 to serve that. So. John, very interesting. Before I bring in Dorothy and then Jordan, I have a question for you. Whose job is this? We talk about the retailer. They need to, or if we're addressing them directly, you need to. Who is the you? Who is the person? Is there a, a team of modern, insightful analytics on campaigns who's ready to pounce on what did we do yesterday and how did it work and how will we tweak tomorrow's campaign? Can you just answer that for me? Because I'm sure our viewers and our listeners would like to know whose job is this? John? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And, and retailers approach it in different ways. But I think, you know, I think today a lot of the analysis is done by the marketing team uh, and marketing analysts who are incentivized, whose job it is to, to deliver promotions and who are incentivized by the success of those promotions. So there's a little bit of kind of, uh, you know, fox watching the hen house activity there. Um, a better approaches for a more centralized or, or you know, the finance team or, or a, a more objective uh, analytics group. Um, and a lot of retailers are moving in that direction. So, um, so it sort of depends a little bit on the structure. Thank you very much. Dorothy, two minutes, respond, agree, disagree. Go ahead. You're up, Dorothy. Green. I know. I I'd love to make it exciting and say, I disagree, John, but, <laughs> but I, I do agree, um, especially in hospitality and travel. Um, customer data is, is key. You know, you're never going to find a, an organization that says we, we have enough data, you know, they always want more. Um, the issue becomes, what are you doing with that data? And that's where the intelligence systems really need to come in because you're not going to, to your point, Bonnie, you're not going to have, especially in hospitality, but more often than not, organizations don't have data scientists sitting on staff. So they really need systems that can kind of but lay out these um, these the potential what that data is telling you what you can do with it and for hospitality and and, and travel um, hyper personalization is really going to just be the next competitive differentiator the brands that can really take all of that data that they have and utilize it to create hyper personalized offers customized experiences it that also um, you know helps now that we're moving to these touch free automated experiences more and more, being able to layer that with the, uh, the customization uh, that can come from that, 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 that intelligence will really, um, will drive the next phase of, of hospitality and, and travel. And we see this in that the top business objectives, according to some recent survey data that, that we got in on hospitality and from hospitality, hotels, tra uh, restaurants, and, and uh, transportation, is that their top business objectives are 
you know, very, very cut and dry, increasing revenue and, and driving loyalty. And those were really the emerged as the, the top key. But then kind of underpinning that is their, the recognition that they need to build intelligent ecosystems. And that was, you know, identified for two, about 20%. Um, but, and that's really, you know, what it needs to, to come back down to. Um, what we also see is that when the key considerations really do need to be taken for privacy concerns, especially whenever you're utilizing AI and ML to, to uh, really get, you know, that we was warned about the creepy factor when it comes to, uh, to personalization. And we've all experienced that getting an alert about something that you're like, did I really search that? I don't remember searching for that, but why is it? But I talked about that with someone and it, there's that fine line between um, privacy and personalization. However, it's really been recognized that the personalized experiences provide value. The guests will share more data. And then um, if you have the system that can put that information in the hands of the employees, they, it's easier to make upsells. You'll have a return guest. It drives loyalty. And it really, it, it all feeds into each other. Um, so I would really say that the conversation around data begins and ends with not having the data. It's it's getting the data into the right hands at the right time. It's that um, it's that immediacy of of the data that uh, that is also uh, is really paramount in in driving the experiences for, for all organizations, not just hospitality and travel. Agree. Thank you, Dorothy. Jordan Spear, you get the last word here. Talk to us. Sure thing. Well, as as uh, Dorothy and John noted, there is no matter whether you have data scientists on your team or not, um, you would need millions of humans to compute the amount of data coming from all locations and places today. So AI can really help get get very precise in certain areas that you just couldn't do otherwise. And you know, two of those. Uh, in the supply chain, and there are many, are demand forecasting and omnichannel fulfillment. And when you think about forecasting, traditionally retailers have used uh, historical data for that, and that's an imperfect measure to begin with. It's looking at the past and not the future, but it's helpful. But when COVID came along, buying, buying patterns, uh, consumer behavior became totally unpredictable. And there was hoarding behaviors, um, different purchasing patterns, doing, uh, we were stuck at home, cooking, doing jigsaw puzzles, and AI can sniff out patterns in real time to understand what's happening right now. You know, so where is that demand coming from? What is it for? Uh, instead of looking at old sales figures, you're looking at current activity, and you can overlay other, other numbers and data, um, information from social media, unstructured data, weather patterns, and you can use that to help plan what you make, how much of it, where you allocate it, that's, that's on one, one side of the supply chain. And then when you think about omnichannel fulfillment, AI can help in a lot of ways. Um, often fulfillment decisions today are based on just one or two things, and that doesn't always lead to the best choice of how to fulfill. But if, you, if you're using analytics or AI, you can take a wider range of factors into consideration um, to figure out you know, where, where should you optimally fulfill that order from. You know, certainly proximity to the customer, um, shipping costs are important, but also the number of items in a store, um, the staff availability to pick and pack, um, the ability to complete a full order versus splitting an order to two different locations or more promotions, uh, as John was talking about, opportunity costs. 
Um, so sometimes the closest store isn't the best. Um, I'll leave you with one scenario. There's a bathing suit, 2,000 miles from the customer who ordered it online. And that bathing suit is headed for the 75% markdown rack. It's, it's more profitable to eat the higher shipping cost in this case, but to sell the suit for full price than to ship that bathing suit um, that, um, that's right down the street from the, the consumer, but in that location will sell for full price in the store. So when you can do that, omnichannel becomes really much more profitable. And so AI really does augment decision-making at many points on the, on the supply chain, and that's just two areas. Thank you, Jordan. That was certainly a compelling example. I'm thinking if I ever wear a bathing suit again, I'll think about that next year on the, the sale rack. John, I'm going to give you one minute for wrap up. Go ahead, John Duke. Yeah, I think um, I think all these are, have been good examples about uh, uh, kind of where retail is shifting, right? So you know, a couple of years ago, retailers would have said that that AI um, and intelligence is the use cases around that are more long-term and hypothetical rather than near-term and practical. And that is very clearly changing. Um, it's changing rapidly. Um, AI investment is critical today. And, and retailers have told us that we have a recent survey where we asked across process areas and application areas, is, is AI essential to solving your business problem um, or is it not essential? Very simple question, and, and across the board, more than half of retailers for every single application area have told us that it is absolutely essential to solving their critical business problem. So, Thank you very much, John Duke. Appreciate your time, your effort, and your great insights. Dorothy Creamer, thank you as well. Jordan Spear as well. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for IDC. Industry thought leadership, becoming a digitally resilient retailer. There's more to the series. Be sure to catch them all. Bye-bye.